Hello, Rip City. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith. And here with me is no one. I, no, nobody's here. I'm not having anyone join today. We're, we're flying solo, and it's weird. <laughs> it's different. We have a bit of a different episode today. We had scheduled the pod for earlier in the week, but Chris had a family emergency. Uh, his wife went into labor. Congratulations, the whole Burkhart family. Welcoming their third girl into the world. Welcome to the world, little Tegan. Can't wait to meet you. Can't wait to hear all about you from Chris. But point being is Chris was obviously a little busy. So then I was going to pull in a friend to fill in. Shout out to Tim from the Busted Bucket. Uh, but he had his own pod to record. And I'm sure that we have other Discord friends that would have been happy to hop on. Shout out to everyone on the Discord. Uh, but also, knowing how quickly this season is going to pick up pace... I just kind of feel like I'm, I'd rather get in some quick thoughts from the week of preseason games and then I'm going to go enjoy this beautiful Columbia Gorge weather before it gets too cold for my uh, signature sleeveless look. Uh, because yes, I'm basically becoming Mac from Always Sunny, just, just a little bit sexier. But as I mentioned, we've got a lot of people on Discord that would normally love to hop on if I had a little more time and patience to throw it all together. So you, if you are looking to get in on these episodes next time. If you're not into this episode with all the Keith you can handle, come and join the Discord, because next time you could play co-host, or all the other fun that we have on the Discord, like the other podcasts that are represented there, the Third Bench ticket access, all the awesome Blazer fans who can share opinions without worrying about the toxicity from Twitter and other social platforms. That's the pitch. Come and join the Discord. Did I knock it out of the park? I think I did. All right, let's get through a real quick love, hugs, and hate mail before we get on to the week of preseason Blazers basketball. Obviously, my love is going to the Burkhart family. Hooray! Congratulations, Chris. Congrats, Danielle. And welcome, Tegan. I can't wait to meet. Uh, and, and also, Brooke and Peyton, shout out to you guys. I'm sure you are both being great bigger sisters. Uh, I'm sure you're very happy to have the little one in the world. And gosh, I am, I'm just so happy for all of you. My hug this week is going to our rookie, Jabari Walker. We had a season ticket holder perk the other night. We got to go uh, take part in a post-game presser with Shaden and Jabari. We got pictures at center court with two rookies, and we got a free throw. Uh, the highlight for me for this was Jabari putting his arm around me for the picture like we're old pals. So, so that's where my hug's going, because me and Jabari are like best friends now. The low light, on the other hand, my non-hooper brother, Shout out to Carter coming with me to this game last night to go see uh, the Blazers take on Maccabi Ra'anana. Ra'an, um, I'm probably pronouncing that horribly. But yeah, shout out to Carter. He made his free throw. After we took the pictures, he makes his free throw in cowboy boots. Uh, you know, just kind of he, he walks up, he looks at it and throws it up there and went straight in. He's, he's, he's got good hand-eye coordination. He's a musician. What do you expect? Then I line up my shot and I, I do the, the, the typical fan uh, mistake. I forgot to turn my cap around. So I bring my hands up. I'm all thinking about my form for the free throw. I bring my hands up and the, my, the, the knuckle on my right hand as I'm holding the ball and I bring it up, I hit it right on the brim of my cap, completely with the shot. Lots of laughs. I'm, I'm, I'm not really concerned. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've made some free throws on that court before, so my percentage is doing okay. But yeah, if I had hate mail this week, it's going to myself for failing, uh, for failing the Shans and not making my free throws. feel pretty bad about that one. Not really, but you know, it was fun. All right, that was the quick love, hugs, and hate mail. Let's get into what we've seen so far this week. The preseason game against the Clippers in Seattle. Let's start there last Monday. Uh, for some reason, the Clippers 
were the home team for this. Now, I'm not sure how the NBA came to that decision. Terry and I, shout out to Terry from Discord as well, and also shout out to Terry for driving us up to Seattle and back. We were thinking maybe they didn't want Seattle fans to feel like they had to root for the Blazers since that's kind of like a natural rivalry and they want to preserve that rivalry if they're ever going to bring basketball back to Seattle. So they're thinking, okay, let's make the Clippers the home team. Problem is, that meant that all the... Uh, in between all, 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 all the all the timeout entertainment, all the dance crews and the halftime stuff and the announcers was all so Clippers centric. And it was, I mean, look, if, if there's if there's ever been an illustration of the biggest difference between living in the Northwest and kind of the Northwest style and culture and California style and culture, it was watching these just very tacky ass announcers for the Clippers trying to hype up this Seattle audience and I mean I, I get it they're doing their job but the fans in Seattle did not care there was very few people repping any Clippers gear at all there was a lot of Blazers gear on the other hand there was a fair portion of Blazers gear but most of all there was a ton of Seattle Sonics gear the lots and lots and lots of signs and old school jerseys really fun event overall and even, you know, just to really illustrate how much the fans did not care about the Clippers and L.A., when when they're playing and, and the, the Clippers team is kind of pumping in defense for the chance, you could hear the entire arena. Like, this is not just BSing from a Blazer fan perspective, but the, the, a lot of, the, the majority of the arena were screaming offense instead of defense. And it's just, they, they were not there for L.A. They were there for Seattle and... Portland kind of being adjacent to Seattle, I think a lot more fans were there to see how the Blazers were doing. And kind of this maybe when they haven't had a team in Seattle, a lot of these dudes are probably watching the Blazers a lot closer than they're watching the Clippers. So I think people cared about our team and seeing Dame come back and all the rest of it. We'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but mostly as, as, as far as the, the, the revelry around this game and kind of all the excitement... There were, there were a ton of Seattle basketball legends in the building. We saw Lenny Wilkins, Gary Payton, Jamal Crawford, a number of other players that I can't remember the names of right now because it's been like a solid week and there's been a lot of other stuff going on. But Lenny Wilkins got a huge ovation, uh, which is awesome, of course. But the love shown for Jamal Crawford when he stood up, man, the entire arena stood up. People got on their feet. I'm not saying they didn't for Lenny. Uh, that, but that was a show of respect, and this was like when they put Jamal on camera, people couldn't help themselves. It, the whole place just went off for it. You know, and to be fair, Jamal Crawford has done a lot to engage the basketball culture in Seattle with his uh, pro-ams during the summers, and you know he's he's been a very good ambassador for bringing the NBA back to uh, back to Seattle and getting another arrival up here for us in the Northwest. And on top of that, Jamal's he, he's a fantastic guy. He was the first athlete that I actually ever got to talk to on Twitter spaces last year when he first started doing those. He was really nice, really down to earth. He just kind of popped into one of the spaces and kind of did a little quick AMA, just letting people ask him questions. And, you know, I, I got to uh, kind of, you know, ask him about his his time up here and how it compared elsewhere. And he, he, he I felt like he answered honestly. I don't feel like the guy was he's not a politician. He's not. Uh, you know, pulling the wool over your eyes or anything. He just gave honest answers, and you appreciate that. Let me just throw in another reminder here, too. We were on Spaces last year when we got uh, connected with Jamal for that, and we did a whole bunch of Spaces during the season. It was fun. Nothing against Twitter and nothing against that, that live uh, dialogue platform that they've set up there, but we're having a lot of fun on Discord, guys. Come and join the Discord. Guys and gals, all of you, everyone in between. Everyone come and join the Discord. It's a lot of fun. All right, uh, back to that game, though, in Seattle. I really thought they were going to make an announcement at some point. Uh, th there was a lot of rumors going around about 
the NBA was about to announce that they were bringing basketball back to Seattle and, and maybe soon after Vegas. That's kind of been the general rumor. And when you see the game in Seattle in this brand new arena that was looking really good, really crisp compared to the Rose Garden. Again, we can get into that more later, especially with Chris next week. But when you bring in everyone into this new arena and all these Seattle basketball legends, they, they were doing so much to put these guys on the camera and getting the audience to respond. It really felt like it one it felt like one of these dudes. Steve Ballmer even got up at one point before the game and paid a lot of really nice respect to Paul Allen, by the way, uh, as far as you know, Paul Allen being responsible for bringing basketball up here and bringing him in and all this. It was it was it was uh, it was nice. But when he got up there and he's talking about how excited he is for all these things. Yes, he's the Clippers owner, but being a Seattle guy, I really thought that was when they were going to announce it, and they didn't. So everyone was kind of left, uh, you know, excited and kind of anticipating for something that didn't end up happening that night. We're still waiting. It could happen soon. We're, it's, it shouldn't be ruled out by any means, but that yeah, was a bit of a letdown. I really thought we were going to hear that night, last Monday, that uh, the NBA was coming back to Seattle. Now that aside, the game itself was good uh the, the the score didn't go our way in the end but it doesn't really matter so the it's preseason basketball the score is the last thing on your mind what was awesome was damian lillard he is back he looked good he was performing on both ends it, and obviously he's not up to like like peak dame at this point but just seeing him back on the court uh, he, not all of his shots were falling man but you could see his game he went for a dunk at one point it fell a little short but you you could see that he had he had energy and he had balance, and I, I think that, you know, you, you shake off some of the cobwebs, I think we're going to see a pretty good version of Dame Dollar this season. Beyond him, though, as well, Jeremy Grant. My God, he looked so good in this first game up in Seattle on both ends of the floor, too. We saw him contributing some real highlight plays on, on both ends, not just scoring on the offensive side either, but dishing off to Nurk. Uh, Nurk looked maybe a little bit tired or or off or something just kind of had some butterfingers felt like just his reaction time was a little slow it's weird because of all the players i would have thought that nurk would have had the least rust to shake off considering what we saw from him in eurobasket this summer but again that could be part of it too eurobasket has a different system different set of rules maybe he was just a little thrown off trying to get back in the uh in the nba rhythm Besides Nurk, though, like I mentioned for Dame, the shooting wasn't... It, some of these shots that looked like, oh, typical Dame shot, that should be all net, and it clangs off the front of the rim. Okay, he'll get there. There was also a bit of a lack of shooting for, for Penny Simons. He looked... He didn't look bad overall, but he just didn't quite... Didn't look like what we saw last year, and I think a lot of fans were kind of expecting that... Simons was just going to pick up right where he left off uh, last season. And we've talked about this on the pod plenty... Now he's trying to fit in with a healthy roster around him. A lot more talent on the roster around him than he had last year. It's going to be a different situation for him. He's going to have to kind of find his, his new fit. And you could kind of see that happening in that first game. What we did see from Penny, though, is some vast improvement on the defensive end. He took, uh, I guess I should say, Kawhi Leonard took Penny down into the post. Not once, not twice, maybe three times, I believe. And honestly, Penny did pretty well. I'm not going to say that he shut him down. He wasn't like locking Kawhi up defensively because, come on, he's given up pounds and height and, uh, you know, experience and all the rest of it and skill as well, if we're being honest. But Kawhi struggled, man. He didn't have easy shots. He he definitely missed. Uh, I, th I, I think that they went down in the post three times, Kawhi versus Penny. I want to say he missed two of them. I don't know if that's exactly the right numbers, but it's uh, it did not go in Kawhi's favor as far as uh, my memory, my, my Blazers bias memory goes. That was really the main takeaways from 
game one. And again, shout out to Terry on Discord for driving us up to Seattle and back. That was my first Blazers road game. It was really fun. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there were massive, very obvious differences between Climate Pledge Arena and the Rose Garden here in Portland. And like Chris and I have talked about on previous episodes, the Rose Garden is not, it's not a bad arena, but it's not up to date. And if we are going to ever have hope for bringing an all-star game to the city here, that might be something that has to change. The other side of it, of course, while Climate Pledge Arena was beautiful, while there was some really nice up-to-date uh, technology and just kind of vibrancy about it as far as drawing the fans in, and it was more of a vertical stadium. It only had uh, two decks, not three like the Rose Garden, so it just you, you seemed closer to the action. And it only was, I think, only about 2,000 seats short, so not much of a difference, really. The big difference was pricing. Look, we've again, we've talked before on multiple episodes about the food options are on the Rose Garden. It's nice to have local spots in there. Uh, and it's, it's frustrating to see prices go up. Prices and inflation happens. We've talked about uh, in Atlanta how they've tried cutting the prices instead, and they actually made more money overall on that. So you'd hope that maybe uh, you'd see more arenas going that direction, but not seeing that in Seattle because that place was not cheap. Uh, the ciders, I, I grabbed a couple of shilling ciders while I was there, and let's say a cider in the Rose Garden, nine or 10 bucks. This was 18 for a 20 ounce cider and yeah that's a that's not that's not how you bring fans in that's that's too much like that's the kind of thing where i'm gonna be going back to bringing plastic flasks in and buying a soda because a soda costs five dollars and paying twenty dollars for a single drink uh is ridiculous on to the next game utah here at the rose garden on tuesday night i didn't go to this one to be fair, in the previous five days leading up to this game, I had had uh, my wife's birthday, my mother-in-law's birthday, the third bench, we had our ticket draft night last Friday, then the Timbers' final home game of the season was Sunday, which my wife and I went to, then Monday was Seattle, and back on Monday for the first uh, preseason game, so turn around the second night, trying to get into another preseason, uh, especially against Utah, I, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this one off, going to take a night at home, watch on, watch on a stream. Do some pirating. I think most fans probably expected an easy win in this game, but haha, it's preseason. Again, easy wins aren't really a thing because rotations and rosters are not what we're going to see in the regular season. This is a chance for the coaches to mix things up, try new uh, new things, see what Keon has, see what maybe Watford does with some of this, some of the players that he's not going to play with on a more regular basis. Just trying to see like maybe if there's some things that they should be trying or holding their back pocket. And it showed. Uh, the team on Tuesday night against Utah looked a little more disjointed, really, than they did up in Seattle the night before. Uh, and again, you know, I'm not really sure why. I, I think it was actually Mike Richmond that pointed this on Locked On. It's a great point. I'm not sure why you would have a road and home back to back in the first two preseason games. It just, I don't, I'm just, I'm not sure what the point is. Other than having a game in Seattle, I'm not sure what the point is of having a back-to-back -back in preseason. That seems like you're putting unnecessary stress on players when the NBA has made such a point of trying to eliminate back-to-backs as much as possible from the regular season schedule. I'm, I'm glad we had the game in Seattle. It just I'm not sure why we had the next game in Utah the next night as opposed to stretching that one to Wednesday and then stretching the Thursday game to Friday and, and so on. You know, who knows? It's done, and at this point, you know, the... The players are going to play more back-to-back, -back, so it's not that extreme. It's not like you put that much on them. I, it just seemed odd to load them up right on the front end of the season like that. Moving on, though. 
real quick before we get to the final preseason game of the week so far, let's talk about the starting small forward spot. I believe in these first three games, uh, the game in Seattle against the Clippers, the game against Utah, and then the game against Maccabi that we'll talk about in a second, we had a new starting small forward for each game. Between Josh Hart, Nasir Little, and Justice Winslow, Hart is the clear front runner at this point. I, I like if we're if we're assuming that you're going to put the most talented, best best performing, best production player in the starting lineup, as the players would probably assume as well. Hart's Hart's winning, and and by a mile, it's it's not that close really. And this isn't as much saying anything bad about Justice Winslow, because you know again, as Chris and I talked about last week, he almost seems like he was brought in more as a kind of maybe a carrot or just something to kind of keep Josh Hart and Nasir a little motivated. The real problem has been Nasir Little, while he hasn't looked horrible, he has not looked consistent. He has not looked like he's maybe as close to taking that uh, explosive leap as we are all probably hoping as Blazer fans. But again, we're talking three preseason games into it. So it's, it's small sample size to the nth degree at this point. All right, final game for the week. We played... Maccabi Ra'anana last night. And man, again, I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong. I don't think it's Ra'anana. I want to say Maccabi Ra'anana. Uh, so we're, we're just going to go with that. Formerly Maccabi Haifa, a team that the Blazers have played twice in previous years and twice trounced as well. Like trounces in, didn't just beat them, but beat them down pretty bad because this is not an NBA level competitor. These are I think they're even the second tier uh, over in the Israeli Basketball League. So it's 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 very much a it's very much kind of set up as an exhibition game. This was not this was a friendly. This was not meant to be a competitive game as much as maybe after we saw the first two games against the Clippers and uh, the Jazz, now the Blazers have a chance to maybe again try some of these tweaked lineups and change things up a little bit. So, again, when we're talking about not having an NBA level competitor and the Blazers have already played two games and even traveled on the road a little in the first two preseason games, we didn't see any of the vets uh, in this third game against Maccabi. All of the vets and key players rested, so that also means the young guns got a lot of run. We saw a lot of minutes from Shaden, from Jabari, Keon, Trendon, Brownie, and, and a shout out to Carter, my brother Carter, for the new nickname for Greg Brown III. We, we've gone with Bouncing Brown, a number of other ones in the past, but I really enjoyed when he saw this dude, uh, when he saw the name on the back of the jersey, Carter started calling him Brownie because it's Brown the third with the three eyes in there. And, you know, you guys know me at this point with uh, my my love for cheesy and goofy nicknames. I, I'm going to try as much as I can to call Greg Brown Brownie uh, the rest of the season. We'll see how that goes. And again, if you guys enjoy that one, come and join the Discord. Let me know how, how much you appreciate all the, all the goofy fun we have with the nicknames. Beyond Greg Brown, though, also, we, we saw Eubanks, we saw Brandon Williams, Wes Unwundo, uh, Devontae Kaycock, and those last three that I mentioned are important because Brandon Williams, Wes Unwundo, oh, sorry, Wes Unwundo, and Devontae Kaycock all got waived today. It's a little curious because, I, on one hand, these are all very much training camp players. None of these guys are guys that you would expect to have seen during the regular season, but Brandon Williams had actually been signed on one of the two-way contracts by the Blazers already. We, the Blazers have two two-way contracts that they can use uh, throughout the year. B-Will had been one, and it sounds now like he's maybe being released. That's interesting only because it kind of maybe implies, did something go wrong behind the scenes? Do they not want him here as a backup backup guard at this point? Or is this maybe more just that Keon Johnson with the development we've heard about from Dame and from other players on the team? And also how we've seen him play these first couple preseason games, 
is Keon maybe just being lumped into being that, that backup guard role? I think it's possible. I don't know if it's the best move yet. I'm not quite as sold on Keon Johnson yet as much as some of our friends are on Discord. Shout out to Tico and Alkabi on that one. We'll wait to see what Chris thinks about it. But also, the Blazers picked up their option on Keon Johnson. So his development will continue. And again, they, they are investing him in some level of saying, we think there's something with this guy, whether it's uh, cultivating some value for a trade asset or saying that, yeah, maybe you know, give him some run and in a few few seasons, we'll see uh, what comes of it, where his ceiling's at. All right, really, that looks like all the notes I had from this week. So, so those are my thoughts. That's where we're at. That's what I've gotten out of these first three preseason games and everything that's gone on around it. We will have more details on all of this next week with Chris, plus some predictions for the season. I, I've got some questions lined up, some over-unders, some either-ors that I want to get into with him. See, just kind of pick his brain and see what he thinks. In the meantime, listeners, please... Like I said earlier, come and join our Discord. Beyond all the random stuff about video games, movies, music, Star Wars, uh, dogs, poker, we talk all of that in the Discord, but we also share lots of Blazer thoughts with other Blazer fans. You can talk with a handful of other Blazer pods. Shout out to the Rip City Alliance. We've got Tara from Blazers What, hey! Tim, uh, Busted Bucket, Unbiased, hey! Holy hey! Backboard, hey! all being represented in our Discord now. We also have channels for exchanging swag if you have old gear you're trying to get rid of or swap out you can also pick up spare tickets from the third bench when we have extras and we will have extras all season that's how we've got it set up to bring more people in and have fun together you can also send us your questions for the season send us your questions for the roster any other thoughts on the team itself get involved in live episodes with us as well all of that i'm not sure what other reasons i can give you just come and join the discord we have a great time and you should come have a great time with us so yeah, that's it. That's my notes. Thank you for letting me get a short episode in here this week. Congratulations again to Chris and the Burkhart family. We'll have him back on as soon as he's ready and get his takes on all of this from the week and everything that's going to come up next week as well. For now, though, in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats, and thank you, all you listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Ripsy basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters.